A troubled teen, sole survivor of a spaceship crash, imposes his will on the Enterprise. Oof. What do you think that is about? So as viewed from the 60s, maybe we've got some reefer smoking equivalent yeah. going on. <laughs> yes. Bit of premarital sex attempts. Mm. <laughs> Those are really good guesses, but you're way off the mark. Remember, this is Star Trek. So probably he's not really a boy. He's some kind of sloth type creature who's going to kill everybody. They won't realize till it's almost too late and then they'll overcome him somehow. There you go. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I think we've kind of done the show. All right. Rachel watches Star Trek. Captain's log, star date 1533.6. Now maneuvering to come alongside cargo vessel Antares. Its captain and first officer are beaming over to us with an unusual passenger. This is the intro to the second aired episode of Star Trek, the original series, titled Charlie X. And I, Chris Lackey, and I'm sitting down with my wife, Rachel Lackey, to discuss this episode on our podcast. Rachel watches Star Trek. I just want to say thanks for all the great feedback that we've been getting. I love getting my greedy little mitts on your comments and emails. Thank you so much. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she gets so excited. <laughs> Please encourage Rachel to keep doing the show because I want to keep doing it. I'm really enjoying myself. <laughs> but right now, since uh, this is kind of a small little side project for us, we're only doing about one episode a month. So set your expectations to that. <laughs> thanks for your patience. We've got big plans for the future and we want to hopefully expand later on this year. So uh, just tell everyone you know about the show now. And then if we get a big enough audience, we'll uh, we'll try and go big with it. Yeah, it's going to be no bits and bats operation. <laughs> <laughs> now on to Charlie X. The USS Enterprise makes a rendezvous with the Antares, a cargo ship. Now, why weren't these guys delivering the chili peppers? <laughs> yeah, poor Jose still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> the Antares was investigating the planet Thasis and discovered an adolescent boy named Charles Evans. He's the sole survivor of a ship crashed and has lived on his own since the age of three. Oh. That's so sad. The Enterprise is on its way to the colony, Alpha 5, where Evans has relatives that are still alive. And that's why they are transferring him over to the Enterprise from the Antares. Not another sole survivor. <laughs> when will they learn? It's, yeah, they, why is it just one person that survives? Why isn't it two or four? Mm, suspicious already. Hey, so Kirk mentions there are 428 people on board. What are they all up to? Uh, well, most of them, I assume, ride stationary bikes to power the ship. <laughs> and the others are doing some cooking and light cleaning. Oh. It's a big ship, so. You know, for comparison, a U.S. Navy destroyer ship has a complement of like 150 people, which those are small maneuverable ships. And a Nimitz-class aircraft carrier has a crew of 6,000 people. What's a Nimitz-class aircraft carrier? It's just a type of aircraft carrier. American. It's big. What's it up to? What do you mean? What's it doing? It goes out in the ocean and they have jet planes land on it and they fly off and it's got weapons. It carries aircraft. Right. Oh, clues okay. in the name. Yeah. Yeah. So a crew complement of 428. Not so bad. Hmm. So the two dudes who beam in with Charlie, the captain and his navigator, sing Charlie's praises, but they're pretty keen to get out of there ASAP, yeah, which seems suspicious. Very suspicious, kind of shifty, smiling a lot, mm. being really, ah, oh, Charlie's great. Oh, I just love Charlie. He gives the best back rubs, Charlie. Don't you, Charlie, huh? 
that they even turned down Captain Kirk's offer of a saurian brandy as well as recreational tapes. Yeah. Hey, what do you think's in the tapes? Oh, uh, probably old episodes of BJ and the Bear. Maybe some Yodorowsky movies. I don't know what either of those are. BJ and the Bear was a, uh, an old television show about a trucker who would drive around and solve crimes and problems and his partner was a chimpanzee. Oh, nice. But also they're probably going to watch some porn. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the Nightingale Woman erotic poem was anything to go by <laughs> from the second pilot, they'd be in for a treat. <laughs> Good callback. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. So Kirk's now got on a crossover uh-huh. short little top. Yeah, that's the, kind of a loungy uniform. <laughs> Somehow he's pulling it off. <laughs> <laughs> the crew costumes are just getting better. I love the little gold flourish on the sleeves. Oh, you know, those uh, actually represent rank. That's what I figured, yeah, but yeah. they're in a really interesting way. Yeah. I'm not keen on Charlie's pirate coat made of various curtains, though. <laughs> He's a freaky looking teenager, isn't he? Yeah, Doesn't yeah. seem human. No. He and looks quite like our two year old, but not cute. Yeah, it's that doesn't work on a 28 year old pretending to be a 17 year old. <laughs> mm. Charlie interrupts Nam- Ramart and Nellis, the captain and navigator, a couple of times, which prompts Kirk to say, you keep interrupting, Mr. Evans. That's considered wrong. And then when he does that, Ramart and Nellis, they kind of look a little worried and like look at Charlie to see what he's going to do. Kirk also suggests they play Charlie some tapes to keep him quiet as he's already totally annoying, do you think? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> iPad boys? <laughs> oh. oh. Kirk asks Yeoman Janice Rand to show Charlie to his quarters and drop off his medical records at sick bay. There are so many odd looks back and forth between the three of them, <laughs> with Rand barely visible through a foot of Vaseline. Wow, they oh, really wow. Vaseline the lens on her. I guess she. I guess it's through his eyes, is it? <laughs> through the eyes of love. I don't. Maybe they try to make her look younger or something. It on the can't show? just be them trying to make her look better. I, I, that's my guess. I don't know. Literally laying it on thick. Uh, innocently, Charlie asks Captain Kirk if Yeoman Rand is a girl, and Kirk says. That's a girl. <laughs> twinkle eyes, twinkle. <laughs> <laughs> then Ran escorts Charlie out with Kirk getting kind of a big kick out of the fact that Charlie's super into Rand. <laughs> yeah, and she's stuck with him. So we get the intro now, which claims that their mission is to seek out new life. Yet everywhere they go, all but one life forms died and a bunch of crew people get bumped off. It is not going well. Strangely, I'm still fully behind Kirk as a captain. Yeah. He's given me a little bit of pause in this episode, I have to say. But I still like him a lot. Mm. I'm still super into him. Charlie wants to fit in, but he's been on his own for so long. And he's only had tapes to educate him and show him how humans are supposed to live. So we're seeing a lot of this effect of his upbringing and his lack of ability to deal with people. It's horrific to me that he's been alone since age three. He's really keen to make people like him despite this massive handicap. It's bad enough attempting this as an only child. I should know. (laughs) God knows what it's like for him. (sighs) So Charlie's crushing hard like a young Chris Lackey on Yeoman Rand. Sure. And trying to negotiate adolescence with the social skills of a three-year-old who has not used any social skills for 14 years. (laughs) (gasps) <gasps> so he sees a couple of guys slapping each other casually on the bum. Hey. <laughs> this was awesome. We had to rewind it to make sure we actually saw. I go, wait, did that guy just slap that guy on the butt? And you're like, what? Really? And I rewind it. I'm like, yes. It is so weird and awkward. And I think that that is acceptable probably in American football and, <laughs> and nowhere else. Oh. Well, they seem to enjoy it. <laughs> 
<laughs> they do. <laughs> and it really also seemed forced for Star Trek. Like it just mm. seemed really out of place when it happened. It was totally jarring. But then we see why they did it. Because Charlie does the same to Yeoman Rand in a corridor. <laughs> she is not having it. After calming down, though, she advises Charlie to tell Captain Kirk or Dr. McCoy yeah. what he's just done and ask them for advice. Yeah. This is just one example of everyone madly passing the book about <laughs> about doing the puberty slash social skills talk with Charlie. He needs a father image. Yeah. I'll have to remember that one when I get old enough for the birds and the bees. Our children have a father already. It's me. Yeah. I'm going to get you to do the birds and the bees. Oh, yeah, no problem. Now, over to the Enterprise's recreation room. Oh, this scene is... Wow. There's something else. Spock is just chilling out, strumming on his Vulcan loot. <laughs> and Uhura, she's in there too. There's a bunch of people in the rec room. And she just kind of starts singing to what he's playing. And then she apologizes for singing along. But then Spock and her, they kind of give each other a look. And they decide to have like an impromptu jam session. <laughs> and she whips out this song called O on the Starship Enterprise. Audience, you have to hear this. Ship Enterprise, there's someone who's in Satan's guise, whose devil ears and devil eyes could rip your heart from you. At first his look could hypnotize, and then his touch would barbarize, his alien love could fix. And rip your heart from you And that spiky male astronaut Oh, very female astronauts We terrified and overwrought To find what he will do <laughs> Oh, girls in space, be wary Be wary, be wary in space be wary we know not what he'll do <laughs> it's bizarre and kind of scary <laughs> also disappointing uhura does not have a good singing voice well yeah not yeah no it's very <laughs> they all love it though <laughs> They do love it, yeah. They probably got the idea of an open mic night from the last place they visited. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, this song is kind of racist. Oh, here we go. Yeah, at first it's all about how the girls will fall in love with him. And what she says, uh, there's someone who's in Satan's guise Ooh. whose devil ears and devil eyes could rip your heart from you. Oh, that is harsh. Yeah. Devil? Girls in space, be wary. We know not what he'll do. It's all about how they'll fall in love with him, and then it kind of almost gets a little rapey at the mm. end. Yeah. It's horrible. Awkwardly, she then turns her attention to roast Charlie about wanting his first embrace with Rand. He doesn't like it, so he makes her mute. Something rang true about the teenage experience for me and that. <laughs> Some adults just love that. Ooh, you wanted to be your girlfriend. I don't understand Stuff. that. It's so know. horrible. I hated that when I was a kid, and I will never do that to our children. That is <laughs> so the worst. But I, I could imagine wanting to just shut them the hell up like that. Yeah. 
Now, Charlie, to get Rand's attention, is uh, showing her some card tricks, mm. which, of course, women love magic trick nerds. <laughs> but he produces three cards with glamour pics of her on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> when it happened, I, I just like belly laughed because it was so ridiculous. She's, you know, got <laughs> kind of her head on her hand and then like over her shoulder doing these sexy pictures. It's like, how did he do that? <laughs> but I was very disappointed with no 3D cards. No. So retro. <laughs> <laughs> so later in the corridor, Kirk is advising a galley chef that on Earth today, it's Thanksgiving, and if the crew of the Enterprise has to eat synthetic meatloaf, he wants it to look like turkey. How does that fit in with that calendar? <laughs> the start date? <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole thing, this made us both burst out laughing. It was like the punchline of a joke that we missed at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Of. End of conversation, walks off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is it a post-meat society? I guess not. I guess they want it to be a meaty society, but I, it's not. I don't know. They're, well, in The Next Generation, the series that is from the 80s into the 90s, they have synthetic stuff that they make food from. So I don't think they kill actual real animals. At least the Federation doesn't, unless a species requires animals to eat. Well, I can imagine the air quality is part of the reason not to haul herds of cows around for meat. Okay. All that methane on a sealed ship. True. But that got me wondering, where are they getting all their oxygen from? I suppose every planet's had it so far, so just open the windows when you get there. <laughs> Fill her up. <laughs> but they usually just orbit and beam in. So you see, I'm paying attention. Oh, they, well, yes, they could. That, that would make sense. But I, I, I assume they have some kind of air system that can turn carbon dioxide back into oxygen. Just lots of plants in the like vents. Plants. yeah, yeah. Sure. Play. Yeah, it's they got They can break somebody down to the subatomic level and mm. reconstruct them. I think they could figure out how to make fresh air. Ah, that's my guess. I don't know. <laughs> Just then, Charlie arrives and tells Kirk of Rand's bottom slapping, and of course, he doesn't actually tell him with words. He has to slap Kirk on the bottom <laughs> himself. I don't blame him. Kirk tries to give a talk about men and women and relationships and people, and he says a bunch of stuff <laughs> that doesn't really make any sense to Charlie or me, and then. Kirk gets a lucky interruption from the bridge. <laughs> hey, was there a continuity issue on Kirk's top? It seemed to change from the crossover to the normal one and then back to the crossover top again. Yeah. Or a time passed? I don't think there was because it seems like he went straight from... He got called on the speaker to go up to the bridge and he goes up to the bridge. But yeah. maybe he someone just, beamed him in a new shirt. Maybe beamed <laughs> okay. it back out. Or he just loves changing his clothes. <laughs> on the fly. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna go into a different room, new shirt. When Charlie and Kirk get to the bridge, they hear Captain Ramart over the comm. Once Kirk is there, he says, I've got to warn, and then the message just cuts off abruptly at the source. Hmm. And then Charlie tells Kirk, eh, it wasn't a very well constructed ship. And then Kirk and Spock look at him like, that's a weird thing to say. And then Spock goes, Oh. The ship was destroyed. It blew Ooh. up. Like, hey, how did you know that was going to happen? <laughs> and the chef calls Kirk over to say he put the synthetic meatloaf in the ovens, but now there are real turkeys in there. What? Charlie laughs and then buggers off, leaving <laughs> Kirk thinking, hmm, my new teenager is up to something. <laughs> but at least it's going to be a decent Thanksgiving. <laughs> Now, Kirk and Spock are talking about the destruction of the Antares during a game of three-dimensional chess when, <laughs> when Charlie walks in and asks to play. Kirk promptly defeats Spock with an illogical approach. So, again, I don't understand this. I would think an illogical approach to 3D chess would just be losing. <laughs> yeah, throwing the like, board over. How can you play an illogical game? I don't understand how that would work. Mm. Like, if it works, then it is logical. You know what I mean? Like, it might not seem logical, but it's actually logical. 
because it's a game of logic. There's no emotions involved in mm. chess. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get into it. I just ate that game. Fair enough. So Kirk leaves and lets Charlie play with Spock. And Spock promptly beats him like in two moves. So can Charlie not mind control Spock? Well, see, he can. And he does later in the mm. episode. So I don't know why he doesn't at this point. Or maybe you just can't mind control him to lose chess. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works, but still. So Charlie loses and gets angry. Yeah. Spock leaves and then Charlie uses his powers to melt the white chess pieces. Such a sore loser. Yeah. Again, this rang true. He hasn't been taught <laughs> not to throw the board across the room when he loses at snakes and ladders. <laughs> <laughs> you got to teach him that. Afterwards, Rand introduces Charlie to Yeoman Tina Lawton. Now, she's closer to Charlie's age, which I, that's strange that they have teenage yeomans, but I guess you mm. know, why not? Charlie ignores Lawton, hurting her feelings, and she storms off. Rand tells Charlie he was being rude. Mm -hmm. And then Charlie says, that Tina, she's a girl. I need a woman. Ugh. <laughs> and he wants her and only her, which makes the yeoman feel very uneasy. Oh, yeah. You smell like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. Why do I hurt so much inside all the time? Aww. Oh, poor guy. He doesn't have a chance. He doesn't have a chance. Rand asks Kirk to have a talk with Charlie. She's worried about hurting his feelings when she tells him to leave her alone. Mm -hmm. Kirk's love advice is to go slow and that it should be a two-way street. Mm -hmm. He gives him the hard truth that he can't have the MILF run. <laughs> <laughs> a truth we all had to accept. <laughs> to cheer him up, Kirk takes Charlie to the training room for some roughhousing. Everybody's in red tights. Kirk is topless, yeah. complete with shaved chest. Some guys are tooling around in the background with balls on sticks. <laughs> As you do. Kirk's trying to teach Charlie how to fall, but Charlie is just kind of a bit bored. He wants to get into the actual fighting. So Kirk shows him some moves on a stuntman that's hanging around. Mm. And... Charlie gives it a go, but he falls down and the stuntman starts laughing at him. And Charlie gets really mad and he says, go away. And the guy just totally disappears right in front of Kirk. Eek. He beams him out to where? Somebody's bedroom, probably. <laughs> Why is it the bedroom? The privacy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk calls two security guards to escort Charlie back to his quarters. But Charlie, predictably, uh -huh. knocks them down with his powers and beams out their phaser. Yeah. Uhura calls up to say all phasers on board have disappeared. What? Charlie agrees to go to his quarters after Kirk says he will pick him up and take him there himself if he does not go. Such an in-command father figure. Just what he needs. He goes with them, finally, agrees to it. Then Kirk, Spock, and McCoy have a powwow. Kirk thinks that Charlie might be a mythical Thasian, who are reported to be these godlike energy beings. But McCoy doesn't think so based on his medical analysis that he did. Spock and McCoy say the struggle must remain between you and him, Kirk. That's convenient. <laughs> Passing the buck. <laughs> Finally, Kirk asks Charlie straight out, did he destroy the Antares? And Charlie admits that he did uh, by making a warped baffled plate on the energy pile go away. He defends himself by saying that the ship would have blown up anyway and the crew just weren't very nice to him and tried to get rid of him. So, you know, they had it coming. <laughs> Charlie leaves and Spock tells Kirk and McCoy, we're in the hands of an adolescent. We're screwed. Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, how would you have handled this? If you were Captain Lackey of the USS Enterprise, how would you deal with this adolescent omnipotent child? Hmm. Well, I've only had one idea so far, haven't I? And it's yeah. sedation. <laughs> Kirk has that idea too in this episode. He does. That or space therapy. Yeah. Oh, I wonder how far a real turkey for Thanksgiving goes when you're used to the synthetic meatloaf. If we'd made him feel really special for that, maybe a nice thank you note. 
Yeah. Might not have gone full asshole on us. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, I feel like that they could have just had like a real talk with him and go, look, dude, people aren't going to want to be around you if you do things like that. Everybody's going to try and get away from you mm. or they're going to try and kill you. So stop being a jerk. Yeah. Just be nice to people. Kirk was trying, but yeah. you can't undo 14 years of isolation in five minutes, can Well, you? here's the thing. What we find out later, he wasn't really alone all that time. Mm, spoiler alert. Yeah. Kirk decides that they can't take him to the colony for obvious reasons, and he changes course. But soon, Charlie breezes in and takes over the ship, resetting the course back to the colony. Everyone is powerless. Oh, he just wants to get to his family. <laughs> And destroy them all. <laughs> Charlie lets loose. Uhura gets zapped by a computer. Yeah. Spock gets stuck speaking in poetry. <laughs> then he passes poor Yeoman Lawton in the corridor and turns her into an iguana. Yeah. Just for not being Rand. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the girl I love. Lizard. <laughs> Lizard. He enters Rand's quarters with a creepy pink rose. She says, you don't enter a room without knocking. As if. <laughs> Poor Rand, still holding on to the dream of that basic human right. <laughs> in the Star Trek future, everybody just walks in on you. Rand tells Charlie to go away. He moves closer, saying he only wants her. He's forgotten Kirk's consent talk. <laughs> Out the window. Rand activates a communication device so that Kirk and Spock hear the whole thing. Kirk and Spock rush down and burst into Rand's quarters and try to stop Charlie. Charlie tries his best to force Dad to be nice to him. But Charlie force slams them both, breaking Spock's legs. Oof. Also, I got a, another comment here on Spock. Remarkably calm for having two legs broken. Oh, goodness, yeah. He is a badass. <laughs> so Rand slaps Charlie across the face because he's being a total jerk. This just makes him mad, and he makes Rand disappear, just like the stuntman earlier. Oh. Charlie tells Kirk that he needs help controlling the ship, and Kirk agrees to help him if he fixes Spock's legs, which he does. Then they try and trick Charlie into a room and then set up a force field. But then he just makes the whole wall disappear. So that doesn't work at all. Mm, they've tried that before. They should know that doesn't work with a <laughs> godlike being. Charlie goes nuts and starts causing trouble all over the ship. He turns a young crew member into an old lady. He walks into a room of laughing people and we see the silhouettes of the crew having a good time, which Charlie doesn't like. Mm -hmm. They get quiet and the shadows start writhing around. And then a woman crew person walks out with a totally smoothed over face. Oh. Yeah. So creepy. Is this how misogyny starts? One woman just rejects a guy and then he's against all women completely. I think so, yeah. I think that's pretty much misogyny. You know, I actually remembered that when we were watching it from being a kid and that freaked me out mm. when the woman came out and she had this totally smooth, like all of her features were gone on her face. It was just skin. Yeah. she couldn't breathe and she couldn't, oh. Ugh. It was kind of a combination of cheesy and impressive. Yeah. Funny combo. Uh, back on the bridge, Kirk gets an idea. Charlie doesn't seem to be able to do much at once and controlling the ship is taking a lot of his attention. So when Charlie's on the bridge, Kirk keeps Charlie busy and Spock and McCoy turn on everything to overload mm. his attention. Good thinking. Yeah. Just then, a ship from Thasis shows up and Charlie gets really scared and he begs Kirk to let him stay and then he's sorry. The Wizard of Oz shows up then. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and gives control back to the crew and brings back all the people Charlie beamed out. And all the phases, I guess. Yeah. He can't bring back the ones from Antares though because they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, this Thasian, he manifests as a disembodied head of an old man, all green and mm -hmm. distorted. Just like the Wizard That's of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> no Kirk, man behind the curtain. But Kirk, you know, but Kirk being a cool guy, you know, he still 
tries to help Charlie and he suggests, why don't you just take away his powers from mm. him and he'll just be a normal boy and we'll take care of him. But they say they can't and Charlie would never fit in with humans. He's got too much power. Charlie pleads with Kirk. Saying, I'll be good. I won't do it again. Oh, it's so oh. sad. I feel this sometimes with our children when they misbehave and then they, they want to get out of punishment. They'll say things like that. <laughs> and I want to I want to just believe them. And then we send them off to another planet. Yeah, that's what they get. But Kirk, you know, he thinks about this, but he agrees with the Thasians. Charlie would never fit in among humans. The Thasians remove him to their vessel and then they depart. The poor guy crying out, I can't touch them. Oh, oh so sad. It reminded me of Harlow's rhesus monkey experiment. Oh, my God. Oh, God where the baby monkeys were raised in isolation with only a wire mother, yeah. vaguely head and torso shaped wire, and a cloth mother, which was the same thing but with some material on it, which was soft. Even when he attached milk bottles to the wire mother, the babies still spent as much time as possible clinging to the cloth mother, especially when presented with something new or creepy. Horrific. There's yeah. a video which yeah. I urge everyone not to see. You don't see it. It's it's terrible, the things that people do to animals sometimes. He also raised macaques in total isolation in what he called the pit of despair. According to these experiments, Charlie might exhibit panic disorder, being fearful and aggressive as a result of no touch or comfort. Aww. But he had parents until he was three, did he? Yeah, that's what they said. Or someone. Somebody, yeah. So that would have made a big difference. Yeah. So or maybe even be worse. <laughs> so uh rand with tears in her eyes she goes to kirk as he sits in this captain's chair it's all right human it's all over now what'd you think mm, i was into it yeah. this was the first one where i thought yeah i might get into this yeah yeah <laughs> really zany got me thinking yeah Let's do the ratings. Okay, okay. Well, the, the ratings will help us clarify our thoughts. So, entertainment. Uh, this is uh, me first. It wasn't good, but I was really entertained <laughs> in a very unintentional way. So, I give it a six. Well, in the context of what I've seen so far, seven. Mm -hmm. With ten being the best I could possibly imagine Star Trek being. Okay. <laughs> On a scale of zero to singing in the rain, however, it's not seven out of ten. <laughs> there were no dance numbers. I didn't fall sure. on the floor laughing. I wouldn't include parts of it in our wedding, for oh, example. Yeah, yeah. But in comparison to my expectations of Star Trek and what we've seen so far, it's a seven. Oh, good. Maybe even more. I need to give my rating system more thought, I think. No, you don't. You're fine. Ideas. Now, we had a similar kind of thing in the episode where No Man Has Gone Before. So mm. it's strange to me to think that this episode was actually aired right before that episode. That episode. It was a pilot episode, but they aired it as the third, and Charlie X was the second episode. Oh, right after this yeah, one. Yeah, so right mm. after this one. So people must have thought that Star Trek was a sci-fi show about an omnipotent creature or being crushing humans, Yeah. then ultimately being defeated by them. Mm. Once I thought about that, I wonder how many episodes of Star Trek are actually about this. Because mm. I think there is a huge number oh. <laughs> of shows where they run into some omnipotent creature and then they defeat it or they beat it with human gumption and guile mm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep track of that because i think there might actually be a, a lot of those episodes there's a disappointing lack of aliens so far for me yeah agreed also this episode is a huge ripoff of the twilight zone episode it's a good life the one that had uh, young bill mummy as the omnipotent boy in a small town where anybody that displeased him or angered him, he would he would send them off to the cornfield. 
which was this, nobody knew what the cornfield was, but it wasn't good. And he could read minds. So if you weren't happy all the time, you got angry and, oh, Oh, yikes. Very creepy. But this totally borrows from that. That Twilight Zone aired a couple of years before this. So it's part of the zeitgeist, I guess, if not a complete ripoff. But in this episode, on the ideas, I give it a four because, mm. you know, it's kind of below average. And I feel like they've already treaded this ground. Hmm. Well, it engaged me in terms of childhood attachment and social deprivation mm-hmm. and also parenting. Yeah. To see that poor sod trying to negotiate the already difficult tasks of adolescence. Yeah. I found it thought provoking and maybe even a little bit moving. Oh, wow. It rang true quite a few times for me amongst the zaniness. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a six. Oh, okay. Mm. And last but not least, sexiness. I would give this a negative sexy score if I could. <laughs> but I think, you know, Hura, not a great singer, but, you know, she had some stuff going on with Spock that was kind of alluring. Mm-hmm. So instead of a negative, I give it a two. Mm, yeah. That creepy-eyed teenager with no social skills perving over ran <laughs> inverted my nipples a bit. <laughs> uh, Hura slid off her pedestal too after that singing. Yeah. So for Kirk Topless plus the crossover oh, top, right. yes, yes, I'll give it a three. Ooh, you're getting a little Shatner <laughs> action in there. Okay. This episode, Charlie X, was written by Dorothy Fontana, a woman writer, which is pretty cool, and directed by Lawrence Stopkin. The next episode is called The Naked Time. Woo! And I think this one is pretty entertaining. And I believe it's George Takei's favorite episode. Oh. So I think we will be in for a treat. Do you want to check it out? (laughs) How could I not? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek. Rachel watches Star Trek! <laughs>